So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I press record. I did it. Uh, me too. Okay. Uh, Welcome oh, to Feature Creep. Colon. Built-in built microwave. In microwave. Semi-colon. Semi-colon. <gasps> Hexes, Hexes for, for the, the modern, modern day. day. Yay. Uh, yeah, so here's another book idea. Um, speaking of which, our book is is basically done. And so... Yeah, we wrote a book. It's, we have to put a dollar sign on it, and then yep. it, we can sell it on Amazon. Yeah, so hopefully in the next... But maybe by the time you're listening to this, it will be available. But we wrote a book um, every time a bell rings, and that will be available shortly hopefully either yep. directly through our website or uh, anyway we'll we'll give the details later yes um so here's another book idea that we've been thinking about uh hexes for the modern day and um i i really like this one i think that it fits well with our brand of design and art mm. um, yes <laughs> such as it is <laughs> such as it is uh i mean i think like when i so what like when I think of hexes, I just think of kind of um like high school and trapper keepers and drawing like pentagrams on the front of a trapper keeper and yeah. um you know, maybe like lighting a candle, possibly being mad at your friend for doing something and then saying mean things <laughs> about them behind their back kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Hiding That's... your hiding your copy of the Necronomicon from your Catholic parents. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, were you? I, yeah. My mom one day, like I was leaving the house and she's like, what are you going to go do? And I was like, we're going to go sp- uh, smoke some drugs and, de- and summon some demons. Which <laughs> like exactly what we attempted to do. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Can't have fun. <laughs> uh, I, I, I never realized the value of having a life so un- unimaginable to your parents that you could actually just be honest about what you were doing and they wouldn't, they wouldn't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. I hope they never listen to this. They're going to feel like totally insulted. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> um so <laughs> my parents have never been interested in anything I do. Why would they start now with my podcast of all things? <laughs> right. Um <laughs> so yeah, hexes one that I thought of is actually drawn from real life experience. Yeah. Um so if I was going to write a hex and then like if hexes were a possible thing, what I would have it, uh people suffer through is um, having peeling skin that smells like bacon. Oh. <laughs> like constantly peeling skin that uh-huh. just like floats off. Because a friend of mine got a really bad sunburn when she and her family went to Florida. Uh-huh. And when she came back, it was like wintertime because they went on a winter vacation because that's what you do here. Um, And so she went from like pale fish belly white to like burnt to a crisp on the Florida beach to coming back home with a terrible sunburn that subsequently peeled and it smelled like I mean she didn't really smell that bad but like 
she ate some of her own skin one time just to see what it would taste like because it was flaking off in these huge sheets. And uh-huh. she's like, it tastes kind of like what bacon smells like when you're cooking it. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, my God. And so th- <laughs> when we thought about the hex book, that was like the first thing that came to mind. Like, I wish uh, I-, I hex you with an affliction, like obviously peeling skin that appears horrible, but also smells terrible. <laughs> so great. <laughs> the so, hex for bacon skin. So how would how would one perform like what would be the perform like how would one perform this? What would be the recipe or the sort well, of So I think you would need to extract bacon grease from bacon first of all. Okay, yep. Cuz this is like an eye of newt hair of dog thing, right? Yes, so we need yeah. like the juice of like a pound of bacon, but it's got to be some obnoxious bougie bacon, right? Like yes. thick cut maple black pepper pork belly bacon or something obnoxious. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Hand, hand raised and hewn in, mm-hmm. in the forest of wherever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you reserve all of the liquid that came off of it, right? Yeah. You're going to need that later. And then you have to eat all of the bacon in one sitting. Oh God! Okay, yes. As yeah. soon as it's made, as, as soon, soon as, as it's made, made. So right? Go, Hot off the griddle. To, yep. Right. I mean, it's got to like burn your gullet on the way down. Uh huh. Okay. Right, because there should be some amount of personal sacrifice while you attempt to like bring suffering to someone else. Right. I think that's the thing that's oft overlooked with hexes is that they're recursive. So like, just know that whatever you're doing to somebody else, you're going to get a taste of too. Right. Right. So it really has to be worth it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, once you've consumed an entire pound of bacon in a single sitting, <laughs> yes. um, you have to, uh, what else? Um, you have to, you have to reserve all of the liquid and then the liquid gets like, I, I suppose you can't even reduce it more than it's already reduced, no, right? No, not really. That's it. That's, a, yeah. that's all there what is. What you could do is you mm-hmm. could collect the sweat, your meat sweats that you then break out into. <gasps> yes, it's like a two-part epoxy. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Okay, collect the meat sweat. Collect Good. the meat Good. sweat. Um, then you want to like form some kind of tincture that's yep. a mixture of the meat sweat and the bacon grease. Right. Um, and then you would need to whip it into an emulsion. Um, yeah. And you would need something to stabilize that emulsion. Like typically you use like maybe um, mustard or something. So what would be... <laughs> trying to think what... I mean, the sweat, if you collected enough of it, it might be salty enough that it maybe is a little bit more emulsion stabilizing. But... Um, yeah. At that point, I yeah. think you need to do something... Um, Something futile to try and disguise the smell. Yes, yes. So you would want to... Um, I mean, with the bacon grease, you've kind of... And the and your sweat, you've made a balm, maybe. Like, you could make a balm. So you need to add, yeah. like, um, something futile to disguise the smell. Like, some kind of herb. Uh-huh. So you could use thyme or um rosemary like, maybe yeah culinary herbs would definitely make you smell like more appetizing yeah so maybe rosemary okay and so then what you would want to do is you would want to um so my guess is that you would then as you're so 
you have the hot bacon grease. You are now in the process of producing your meat sweats. So while you're waiting for that to happen, you would take a sprig of thyme and put it into the bacon grease um, to let it okay. kind of infuse that, you know, the, the oils from the, um, from the, from the rosemary. Yeah. And then while you're letting that go, then you're collecting the, um, the meat sweats. As you collect the meat sweats, you then remove the rosemary sprig and you add the meat sweats. You then sort of, I would say what you want to do is whip this together <laughs> pretty yeah. aggressively. So it forms a bit of an emulsion and then push it through a cheesecloth so that it's, it's sort of clarified a little bit. I think you need to whip it so vigorously with a whisk or something that you sweat more and yes. then you actually you can't finish the recipe until a single drop of sweat comes off your nose and into the bowl that you're whipping things together. Okay, yes, I agree. I agree that has to happen. Um head sweat. That's when you know it's done. Right. And then and then what you do is you put some of that into you want a vessel. So like the vessel would need to be um so the other thing is maybe you want to collect, I, you often need to like collect some portion of the victim. Yes. Or the, uh, the sort of target of your ire. The, yeah, I was going to say target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> target. So you could, like classic would be a hair, but since we're doing, since it's sort of a skin related thing, I feel like what you want to do is, What you want to do is sneak into the target or the assets room while they're sleeping. Yes. Take one of those <clears throat> ped egg foot file rasps yeah. and rasp off some of their feet before they wake up. Yeah. So you want to collect. So I would say what you need is a toenail clipping. How about a toenail that? Toenail clipping. Okay. Like more practical because I, I don't want to. I don't want to ever encourage this sort of physical assault of another human being at that level. You're just pulling off some calluses. That's true. Um, so, okay. All we're, right. We're yeah. not asking people to pluck so, an eye. Some callus scrapings from their foot ped. You could just go and sneak in and get their, their foot ped. Um, yep. scrapings later right if you're a chicken and yeah. you have a la and you are uncommitted to this project <laughs> right. then by all means take the easy route uh-huh but okay. i question your <laughs> all right so basically some some small amount of skin scraping then yeah. you put that in the so the vessel i feel like the vessel has to be of some import um <clears throat> it's got to be like a skull or something yeah. Okay. I mean, Although I'm imagining. Those have lots of holes in them. Yeah. I think you just want, you want a vessel. So I was thinking like it could be like what material should it be made of? Should it be made Your of? Your grandma's Pyrex baking dish. There you go. Okay. So it would need to be a Pyrex baking dish of some <laughs> kind that you then put. So you put the skin in the bottom of the, you put the skin scrapings in the bottom of the Pyrex dish. Then you uh -huh. pour in the bacon grease that you filtered through the cheesecloth into the dish. <laughs> and then you let it set. And then when it's set, then what you have to do is you need to you need to smear a small amount of that like resulting balm on your target. Yes. I think the easiest way to do this is to <clears throat> mix a little bit of Vicks VapoRub into the oh, salve that you've uh -huh. created, the hex, yes. the hex lotion. Yes. And then you can trick people. You have to gaslight them into thinking that they're sick. Yes. And then once they finally break down, maybe I am sick, then you like rub it on their chest and right under their nose. 
like your uh-huh. parents used to do when you had a cold. And yes. then the next day they wake up with peeling skin and they smell like bacon. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I feel like I, the funny thing about this is it's like this actually this probably would work in some regard because smear, smearing bacon grease on someone is going to make them smell like bacon. And if you put the right kind of like irritants in the in the bacon grease, then uh-huh. they would end up with like irritated skin that would smell like bacon. <laughs> you could like you could put some really strong alpha hydroxy acid in it and just give them a chemical peel. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, now I'm giving myself away yeah, because let's, I'm just let's naming that. things that I own. <laughs> let's just be really clear. Let's not do that. <laughs> What's that? Thirty percent alpha hydroxy? Yeah, that'd be glycolic. Don't touch it. <laughs> uh huh. Don't put it in your eye. Don't put it in your eye. Um. <laughs> yes. uh, I think. Um. I think another excellent hex would be one <coughs> where. The intended effect or the the outcome of the hex is that someone would very vocally and very publicly commit to um, expressing the opposite of their normal political viewpoints. Oh, that's good. For a specific predetermined period of time. So depending on how strong the hex was, the longer it would last and the more damage it would ostensibly cause within that person's social circles and familial ties. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I like this. Sure. Sure. So if my my dad suddenly started uh, eschewing Second Amendment rights and uh talked about like, I don't know, um, mutual aid, I'd be like, oh, someone put a hex on you. Uh Uh-huh. What happened? (laughs) that's pretty great i think that um i so i imagine like performing this hex would require um so one of the things i was thinking about is a component of it is that there's something you do that's like an hour for an hour so if you do this for an Ah. hour then they spend one more hour doing that thing so um and then the other thing i thought about is you would need some kind of sigil that you you use and I imagine that you would want to basically use some, like you have to maybe form the sigil and it's a formation of their, like some symbol representing their current ideals or ideology. Um, yeah. Something that represents that. And then you would have like a, another sigil that you would maybe, maybe also use to like reverse the, you know, to give it the negative. Um, What's the right wings? Are they the donkeys or the elephants? The donkeys. No, the elephants. They're the elephants. Yeah. So Dems are Dems are donkeys, and and Republicans are uh, elephants. How did that happen? Well, uh, I, I don't digress. remember that. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. I there. I mean, there's interesting things about that, and like historically, um, are are in at least in the U.S. the political. Well, I'm sure most people, most countries have interesting political histories, but. Our political history that involves that, I think, I can't remember when that happened. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look that up later. So, uh, yeah. So I imagine like you would form some kind of, some kind of symbology. You'd create this sigil based on, um, what their ideologies are or their sort of political ideologies are. And then maybe have some kind of like sigil that represents sort of the reversal and then, you would need to perform some rite. So like, I imagine um, you would need some amount of fire. 
Yep. Uh, that's always a given, I think. We need to like heat shit up in a cauldron. Yeah. So, something. yeah. And then I imagine... Um, I feel like I, this one seems pretty powerful. So I feel like it would need some kind of rare component. Hmm. What about like <clears throat> the... Um, Precious metals extracted, rare metals, rare earth metals extracted from an old cell phone. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. So you would need to, so you extract the the rare metals from an old cell phone and mm-hmm. then you would need to, um, what would you do with them? Um... I, well, I so I imagine if you had a fire and a cauldron. Yep. So you'd need a fire and a cauldron, and then in that cauldron you would need some base liquid. So um, obviously, leftover pig fat. Leftover pig fat. <laughs> <laughs> we got tons of that now. We got tons of that. Um, I like I like the idea of maybe like pine sap. Pine sap. I was thinking maybe curdled milk. Curdled milk. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. So you need <clears throat> in the cauldron goes a gallon of curdled milk. Oh um, God! Just to, you might have to cut the top off of the carton because it may not want to come out the spout. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what you're looking for, right? Really. And then, um, and then you would need to add to that. Um, A bag, oh, a gallon-sized plastic Ziploc bag yes. full of cat poop with the cat litter removed. Oh, oh, oh. So you're going to need a pair of gloves for this. You're going to need a pair of gloves for this. This is just going to make the most disgustingly smelling, oh, God. Okay, so then mm-hmm. you get that kind of bubbling on the fire, and then into that, you need to throw so you you scrawl this sigil on um on some kind of parchment like oh yeah uh like you can do parchment paper but that is like impregnated with silicone so it doesn't hold ink very well so you're gonna have to do better than that i guess i think what about what if you were to mark it on on rice paper so that it would dissolve into the mixture and so you would mark it on rice paper with um ink that you made from uh lamp black perfect yes labor intensive i love it labor intensive and then and then i mean i think it's really important to remember with these hexes that you get out of them what you put into them yes yes absolutely and then what you do is you you have this mixture so you start the mixture you you have to be somewhere where you can have a fire on the ground and so you're going to have a fire which you place yep. your cauldron over which is being warmed by the fire and then you pour your gallon of milk and your cat poop into it and then um and then you as it sort of bubbles and boils you're going to scrawl this this sigil onto the rice paper right and then i think that there has to be some long involved rhythmic so you can't do this by yourself someone has to beat a drum okay in order to maintain the rhythm and then one needs to dance around the cauldron 
for i mean this is where i was gonna say an hour for an hour so if you dance for 12 hours you get 12 hours of this like i don't know what do you think an hour for an hour i think that's okay i think an hour for an hour is a-okay yeah i think a lot of damage can be done to a person's reputation on the internet in an hour yeah so then you would need to for every hour that you spend doing this you get one hour back and every hour you must scrawl the sigil and throw it into the cauldron yes and you can add more milk to keep the boil going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know that's the <clears throat> that cat poop you never have to add any more though. no that stuff is just a one and done yeah one and done that just that's, that's gonna news. carry the whole way through <laughs> that'll right. get you through yeah you're gonna make it you're gonna make it. um yep i think um I think just for texture, we need to toss in some used cotton balls. Okay. Yes. Um, and I, I have a question on the topic of the drums. This is really important. Can we use different drums depending on the different type of hex that we want to end up with? Like, for instance, I think the outcome with a kettle drum uh-huh. beating a steady rhythm and like boom boom yeah boom, boom it will be a very different um flavor in the end than somebody with like little bongos <laughs> <laughs> so so then um yes yeah, so the how to select a drum for your hex okay so the i would imagine that the correlation between the um the drums and the effect would be that um, the rhythm and the amount and the the kind of drumming will dictate the rhythm and the kind of um, sort of reverse rhetoric that the person okay. will be for will be compelled to speak. So, um, you know, like a kettle drum would be like a slow regular kettle drum would be a deep bassy kind of rhetoric that would be like hard hitting but slow and regular as opposed like to Mitch McConnell. Yeah, like Mitch McConnell as opposed to um someone who is on the on the like on the bongos or something um which would be a more rapid lighter kind of peppered shrill shrill. Yes, exactly. High anxiety. High, High anxiety. anxiety. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Um yep. Plotting doom versus high anxiety. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Great. Okay. I'm done with that. I think that one, I think we can put a pin in that one. I think we can put a pin in that one for sure. Or yeah. no, that means hold on to that one for later, but we're not actually ever going to get back to it. That's what putting a pin in means, right? It's a yes. passive aggressive way of being like, I love that idea. Let's get right back to that. Yeah. And then you just never, ever discuss it. Let's circle back. Let's circle back. Let's circle back. <laughs> <laughs> and let's do a thing later that we can't have the energy to do now. <laughs> right. Yes. We're definitely going to have the energy to do it later. Yeah. Um, I think. I, I, the nice thing about having this podcast with you that I really appreciate is that a lot of our ridiculous ideas are are stored away for later because I listen to them occasionally and then I remember things that we talked about. I'm like, oh, we should do that. Like we were talking about doing the random, the random sort of phrase generator. Yes. And now we're working on that. Like it's yes. all kind of, um, yeah, it's good. It, we we circle back to everything. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We are people who actually circle back to things. <laughs> right. <laughs> did that with a hex too yeah um. <laughs> uh just speaking about the podcast i was thinking about uh so one of our fans sent us so we did the fun with random podcast a little while ago and on there we talked about how fortune cookies were not specific enough and so then i had made the 
the you know the example of a more specific prediction would be something like there'll be a man named tim he'll be wearing a red shirt you'll meet him on tuesday and he'll approach you and say something that you disagree with and so then in the mail i received a lovely crocheted hand crocheted um fortune cookie yeah that contained that very (laughs) that very specific (laughs) um fortune and then you said you also received one right Yes, I can run downstairs. Uh, oh, it's okay. It. We can just talk about them. Um, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I also received a darling little fortune crocheted fortune cookie, and he is now my mascot for learning how to do other things. Yeah. In life, <laughs> he's just there to like stare lovingly at my efforts or frown a little bit when I'm not working hard enough. Right. Right. And so, uh, anyway, we wanted. I just wanted to make a shout out for that fan, and thank you so much for mailing those things to us. Yes. And it did get me on the idea that maybe what we should do is get a PO box so that we can more publicly advertise a mailing address oh. if people wanted to um, just do that for whatever reason. Not that I, not that I expect it or want people necessarily to send us things, but um, you know, I want to support the post office, so. This is true. Yes. Yeah. In uh, <laughs> it's like a layer cake of crises. Oh, that yeah. that handles like this layer and this layer. Yeah. Um. That's great. Uh. Let's get a post office box. Okay. Yeah. I think we might we might want to do that. So where what yeah. city should we get one in? We're bi coastal now. I don't know. I had thought about you know. There's a couple options. One is that we could. I, I feel like. I feel like near you makes more sense only because you own your home. Ah, sure. And so it's more likely to be like, I, you know, I live in San Diego, but I rent. And so, you know, who knows, maybe in the near future, I'll just be like, fuck it. I'm out. Um, I mean, not that we can't change. You can, you know, you can move post office boxes and stuff, but I, I don't know. I was just, I like, we can talk about it some more and it doesn't have to be, um, a big deal but i was thinking i need all the details now now yes yeah well and i need them to never ever change ever meg let's circle back to that one (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) um here's another hex yes i want to place i i want to develop a hex for sexual harassment in the workplace so that when someone who sexually harasses you is um like moments later the next chair that they sit in will disintegrate under their body and they will fall to the floor oh that's a good one okay um possibly getting poked in the ass by whatever remnants of the chair are still intact as they descend i like this so i think that in this case um the hex should involve the like dissolving some wooden chair like a small one like a doll chair like you could make so you could make you could carve a chair out of wood. It could be very rudimentary, um, mm-hmm. but essentially you need to create something that is chair-like and made of wood, and then yes. either dissolve it or I don't know. Or like maybe- I wanted to, de- I wanted to like deconstruct. So like all of the <clears throat> like anywhere that there would have been a fastener or glue becomes unhooked. And like the chair just falls apart. Yeah. Well, so I think um, 
I'm open to suggestions. I think the fact that somebody would be compelled to sit in like a child's chair, like where did this child's chair come from? I don't know, but I have to sit in it. Right. Like it has to be a tiny chair. Yeah. Um and like everybody like it just appears. This tiny chair is there and then someone sits in it and they fall apart. And then a tiny little man comes out of a tiny door in the wall and kisses your butt where you have a boo boo in front of everybody. But like your bare <laughs> butt, not like your clothed butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like he don't call him a gnome. Cause he's not. Because he's not. Yeah. No. Um he only plays one on TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um. Okay, so, well, I think you can dissolve wood, cellulose, and acetone. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. Does that mean the chair will smell like nail polish remover? Because that's even better. <sighs> yeah. When I used to work in a lens crafter's lab making glasses. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite jobs ever, by the way. Yeah. Um, although it paid arguably the worst of any job I've ever had. Nope, just kidding. I thought of the other one that paid even worse. <laughs> I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that one of these days. We'll, I feel like days. I think we're coming up on a year. Have we done it? We've done over a year now, right? Has the podcast yep. been going for a year? Well, no, because the first podcast... So we've been oh. working on podcast episodes, but the first one that we pushed live to our website was in December. It was right before Christmas. That's how right. How to support the troops in the war on Christmas. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So <sighs> maybe after we do... After December, we could talk about the thing. Maybe. Well, well you can maybe. read. Wait, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yes, uh, it's been almost a year and... Um, this lens crafters job I had yes. was great. Yeah, which it was m- way more than a year ago. Um, but it was excellent because we used acetone in the lab for all kinds of things, and so I would just pull my dirty or crumbling, crinkling, cracking nail polish off in the lab, and then what we used to grind lenses were essentially just like giant nail files on the that you like uh-huh. apply to these machines, and they have these curvatures to put the correct curve into a lens when you grind them down yeah it's fascinating work um and the whole point of it was literally to go through it as fast as you possibly could without making any mistakes and so it was like it was like a game always like you were just because there were no real consequences i mean like for as little money as i was making i was just using the income from that job which was my third job at the time yeah as like pocket money for stuff Uh and um so it didn't really it wasn't like not that i ever would have done anything to get fired from that job but if i had gotten fired it would have been largely inconsequential and so because i wasn't putting a lot of personal risk into the situation like it was really fun to just be there and listen to this dumb radio station with my lab manager brad and we would make glasses all night long and just kind of have a bad attitude about things and it was fucking great yeah um but like all of those all that acetone and all of those grinding pads were great because i would just have like perfect fingernails all the time Uh and then when we did the work in the lab our hands were gloved and so like if i did have good nail polish on it was totally protected while i was working and if it was starting to chip off for other reasons unrelated to the job necessarily i could just undo it and then put some new stuff on as soon as i got home (laughs) my fingers looked amazing for like three years (laughs) (laughs) 
That's pretty so fun. That's pretty or like fun. Like two, I can't remember how many years I worked there. Two or three. Anyway, yeah. it was great. Um, yeah, but time flew. It went so fast because I was just having a great time. That's fun. Um, one good hex would be to uh have like something with your vision where like no matter what kind of glasses you put on, they wouldn't actually help. Uh huh. That would be really frustrating. That would be really frustrating. Um, what what kind of ingredients would go into that? Like, I mean, that's a very classic. Like, I have newt, but I, I I'm loath to like advocate hexes that require the death of an animal that has nothing to do with the whole situation. Right, pepper spray for sure, mace mm. specifically. Perfect, perfect. And then there's I got mace in my mouth once. Oh, <laughs> so then there would be um. So if you didn't have access to mace, then you would need to say concentrate capsaicin from um some hot peppers. You definitely yeah. need hot peppers of some kind, and then concentrated capsaicin. Um, yep. Yeah, and then you just um, apply that liberally to the victim's eye. But I mean, then what you do is you put that <laughs> into um, some kind of cauldron. I. Oh, I like this. So we, going with the theme of the per, you know, the performer of the hex also having to make some kind of painful suffering sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe what you do is you add the capsaicin to a hot boiling cauldron, which would then fill the air with basically pepper spray. <laughs> I mean, you know, the effect, yes. like it wouldn't be comfortable. Um, yeah. And then you'd need to like, dance around that for an hour or so or some kind of like mm-hmm. you know in some way you know deal with the potency of it um yep i love this yeah i got habaneros in my eye the other day did i tell you about this I, well i maybe not that day but i've no i've known you it's to get habaneros occurrence. in your eye yeah so here's what happened yeah. i chopped a bunch of them up and pickled them and yeah. put them in a jar in the fridge right yeah. so i have all these pickled habaneros for breakfast right and i was really excited about it because at the co-op down the street they had like oh my god they were like the size of plums they were enormous peppers yeah um gorgeous like this gorgeous orange so anyway i processed a bunch of those and i never even felt it like my fingers didn't get hot or anything so my hands at this point are like asbestos hands like i right. don't even feel the peppers on them and because I didn't have the like, ooh, stinging under my fingernails sort of thing that I yeah. actually really enjoy, yeah. uh, I didn't have that and I completely forgot about the peppers. And then I like straight up just like, burp, stuck like three fingers in a single eyeball oh. and like moved my contact around and itched the corner of my eyeball. And then my eyeball was like, ah, and I was <laughs> like, oh, I forgot about those peppers. But then it was done in like a minute and a half. Like seriously, my eye didn't even water or anything. And I was like, I'm becoming a pepper. Uh-huh. I'm just becoming pepper. <laughs> In a mass spectrometer, I'm like 2% pepper now. 2%. I like that. I like that. I'm like 30% dairy. Yeah, right. That's probably why the peppers don't bother me that much is because my body's just like squash. Yeah. This is all dairy. It's a really interesting... I We should do a, a podcast around capsaicin because the whole that whole thing is really fascinating and um, has some really interesting effects biologically. And yeah, anyway, I just think it would be an interesting yeah. thing to like do a little research read about what kind of understanding we currently have about it and how it works, how it affects, affects, you know, the human body. Um, Yeah. It's fascinating stuff. I love it. Yeah. I love that it feels like you're dying, but you're not actually dying. Yeah. So all of the like endogenous 
chemicals that result from when your body's like, oh God, we are not only on fire, we are about to die from that fire. Yeah. Like you can get really high off those chemicals. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is a it's great. Uh, people who chase that are really fascinating how, because it's just this a massive endorphin rush that you're getting mm-hmm. and you're just sort of like, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I I have fond memories of eating extremely hot curries and just like sweating and like uh-huh. panic inducing amounts of heat in your mouth yep. um, and then not being able to stop because it's also <laughs> taste good and like, yeah, anyway. Like, this is pretty great. Yeah. yeah once you hit the sweet spot where like your endorphins catch up with like the amount of exogenous chemicals that you're putting in, you're just yeah. like, woo, okay, <laughs> right. I could do this like forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Oh, it's great. Well, so that'll be a hex about pushing your limits. Pushing um, your limits, yeah. Yeah, do we have yeah. any like positive hexes? Um Oh, that's no, that's something I've never considered before. Yeah. A positive hex. Yeah, like something that would be like if you needed to um do well at a, at an interview or um mm. say survive the uh current dystopia that we are existing in or um I don't know. Just, just like positive hexes aren't really my wheelhouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the next one I was going to think of was some kind of like very sticky, like you know when they dig up oil from dead dinosaurs, like yes. crude oil that comes out of the ground that like smells weird and it has like really sticky qualities. Uh huh. Something like that coming out of your butthole. Oh, was my next suggestion. <laughs> so, so like, um, what were that? What's that? That like non-digestible fat that causes anal leakage? <gasps> Olestra. Olestra. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! I, your body just doesn't even like that stuff's just like liquid plastic. It goes straight through. You. Yeah. <laughs> I had also had this idea that um, I mean, just now it kind of popped into my head that for the book, anyway. All of the hexes should be these like ridic- ridiculously involved like things. And then at the end, you just like, so for instance, if there was a hex where like your victim will get gum in their hair, just perform this hex. And then at the end, it involves chewing a small piece of gum and putting it in their hair. But like everything leading up to it, like the purchasing of the gum, the like the ritualistic dancing and the cauldron and yep. the smoke and the fire and all of yep. those things for hours. And then, and so like, like the anal leakage yes. one would basically be like <laughs> at some point you feed these olestra chips olestra potato chips, to, potato to, chips to somebody to your target yes <laughs> yeah i love how all of our hexes have like a lot of superfluous yes. activity attached to them yes. but you have to do it all yes. or it won't work or right. it won't work <laughs> this is about intent right <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, that I, you know, just the potato chips. That's fine. It's a show of friendship. I'd like to share these chips with you. Well, don't uh-huh. you want to eat any? Oh, they're not my favorite flavor. This, this makes me think of, um, I like, <laughs> this makes me think of the more like very real wor- world absurdity of the, like the U.S. healthcare system. So like if you go online and you're like, oh, I have this ailment. So then you go online and you're like, you know, you go online to read about it because you want to know what to do about the ailment. And then oftentimes the articles, like the first thing they say is like, speak to your primary care physician about this, your primary care physician, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Mm -hmm. number one, 
The fact that I'm on the internet looking up a cure for this probably means that my access to healthcare is limited. Number two, the odds of me actually having a primary care physician in the first place is unlikely. I live in the US. Like this is a, you know, I, I don't have that. Right. And, and it makes me crazy when I talk to other people where it's like their primary assumption is that you have this full time job that cover, you know, that has healthcare. Like that's, of course you do. What, like, why wouldn't you you have that? That's the point. That's what this is all about. Yeah. Don't you know? So anyway, I like, I like, and so a lot of those things are like, oh, you could try some of these things, you know, and then at the end, when none of these things work, you just go to the doctor and they make you better. Right. (laughs) You just go see a physician. Right. Just go see Uh, a physician. (laughs) Right. Or, or they'll be like, your physician may prescribe this drug that actually works, but is, you know, locked up in the prescription, you know, model mm-hmm. that I, I have mixed feelings about that. Like, on the one hand, you know, the fact that we can't just like overrun the world with antibiotics or overrun the US with antibiotics is probably a good thing. But the fact mm-hmm. that the gatekeepers have so little, like that so many few people have access to get through the gates is another problem in and of itself. So, yeah, like in Mexico, Right across the border from where we were, yeah. uh, you can go and get all kinds of broad spectrum antibiotics just over the counter. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, its own problem. But I think the bigger problem of antibiotics has just been the overprescription of them. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. Anyway. I that's such a weird, like, weird, um, like chicken and egg scenario. I'd be interested to see like how many people who have access to over the counter antibiotics are like running out every third day to buy them or if people are just kind of like, well, I take them when I need them. Right. But I right. Who, who knows? Like it's really hard for people to determine whether they have something that requires uh, or could even be treated with antibiotics versus just some dumb thing that antibiotics won't do anything for. So Right. Right. I don't yeah. know. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. yeah um there's signs but you kind of have to know what you're looking for and then you have to be honest with yourself like the other morning i'm pretty sure i had basal cell carcinoma but now i'm thinking it's just sun damage (laughs) right yes i mean one of these days it's definitely going to be basal cell carcinoma yes like for sure i'm gonna get it and so it's like okay well i guess i'll just keep looking at these weird spots (laughs) well one thing you can do is um you can draw there's a hex yeah fucking moles everywhere that look like basal cell carcinoma but aren't oh that's a good one yeah that's a good one i mean you if you care at all you have to have them biopsied yep right because otherwise you'll end up dying from some horrible cancer that metastasized from the fact that you were too lazy to get your skin cut off right yeah that that was (laughs) easily preventable but very difficult to treat (laughs) right yeah um yeah anyway uh, so I like the Olestra pooping uh-huh. hex. Poop-based hexes definitely Poop high on the list. Hexes are way up on the list. How would one? That should be yeah. chapter one. How? Yeah, I mean, I guess the organization of the book might. I mean, I think as we come up with hexes, then an organization will fall out from that. Um, yes. Yeah. So A hierarchy of hexes. hierarchy of hexes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that. Um, hexes that leave a wake of destruction are good. For example, like, um, I only say this because I wouldn't wish this on my enemy, except I would because it's happened to me and it was pretty painful. And so we might as well just wish it on our enemies, I guess, in our hexes. (laughs) But like, um, when you are, uh, like constantly roadblocked by somebody, Uh 
that that making a roadblock hex would be a good one. Like just being surrounded by incompetent people who have more power than you. Right. That are constantly preventing you from moving in a direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a good one. Yep. Um, can you, I like, there's probably zero like, women that can relate to that. I know it's, I think I'm alone in this. Yeah, clearly. God. I, I was going to say something funny, but I, I just I blew a funny fuse on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so pop. I think poop ba- yeah. poop based hexes are yep. chapter one. Frustration based hexes are real important. Those are number two, and yep. they're not easy to get caught for because they're less obvious than you know, like a poop tornado. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and anybody who accused you of make putting a hex on them to make their life more difficult in abstract and undetectable ways would sound like a total lunatic, which is also in its own self, in its own way, a kind of a hex. Right. Right. Everyone's making my life harder, and the more I complain about it, the less seriously people take me. Right. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> That one's got to have like some mountain of paperwork that you have to like fill out and then burn in your yard. Uh huh. Burn immediately. Like you don't get to admire the stack of papers that represent all of the physical labor you just did. Like none of that shit. You just burn it immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, you may even have to file that shit in triplicate, depending on how irritating you want someone's life to be for the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Yes, I was just thinking about, um, you know. That made me think about like just elements of hexes rather than like what the outcome is, just like different things you'd have to perform. Like, for instance, yeah. something that involves like a bureaucrat, um, <laughs> you know, like some kind of like, like, you know, some interaction with a bureaucratic process, like filing some form or, um, you know, something where it's just like hours on the phone waiting to find out the results of something so that you can actually move forward on a, you know, that kind you of. You have to, you have to obtain the actual direct extension phone line of a bureaucrat. Yes. Yeah. In a, in a local, in a local bureaucratic system. So for instance, mm-hmm. like your local DMV or, um, you know, depending on the country you live in, uh, yeah. you could find out like your, your, like the, Yes. So the phone number, some kind of direct line of access to a local government official. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is part of it. Just, yep. just because, just because yes. you have to. And, <laughs> and so it has to be, it has to be not their personal home number, but it needs to be their like sort of personal office number. It can't yeah, be it's... how to get a hold of your representative. You can call their office quote unquote, as in, no, it needs to be like something more specific. Yeah, I want the no- we need like the number to their fucking pager. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to find a bureaucrat that carries a pager and then obtain the phone number to that pager. Yes, yeah. So I just want to reiterate at this point that like the point of hexes is that you're doing harm to another person. And so they have to be kind of hard to execute. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yep. You really got to mean it. Yeah. It is unpleasant for the hexer as, as it is for the hexie. Right. Like, it's just sort of like, I, I'm so mad at you that I'm willing to suffer the same fate as you so that we can both go down together. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like that. If this sink, if this ship sinks, you're coming down with it. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, 
I think that there should definitely be some kind of hex that involves seawater because that stuff is terrible to drink. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Definitely, I would say harbor water, like... like Oh, bilge water. Bilge water. That's good. So it's kind of oily and diesel, like full of diesel fumes or fuel and extra garbage. This is the hex for ruining somebody's vacation. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yes. And and that's only if they're going somewhere warmer than where they're coming from. So if they're going somewhere Ah. colder, then you need to... Um, ice. I think you want to basically have some kind of ice formed idol. So you'd have to, I think you'd need to carve, you'd need to, you'd need to get, you'd need to create a one pound block of ice, then carve a likeness of your, your victim, and then, um, throw that <laughs> into the cauldron. Brilliant. Yeah. I really like the cauldron thing. Um, I just need, the I think cauldron's cauldron is kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of key. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, hexes, like for things that happen repeatedly, like, uh, a hex that makes your wristwatch battery die as soon as you put it on. Uh Like you can leave it off. You can leave it sitting next to you. You can leave it on your nightstand. You can have it anywhere near you. You can have it in a pocket, whatever, whatever you want. But the second you put that watch on, forget it. Right. Dead. Dead. I like that. That one's a good one. Yep. That one would have to involve some kind of like performing tiny mechanical functions. Yes. Like, like the inside of a watch. Yeah. Like um, something really tedious and repetitive and time consuming uh, that takes a lot of sustained patience and attention. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then maybe, you know, like when that watch get, gets passed on, it creates not only a dead battery whenever anyone tries to use the watch, but also... Uh, like an inability to focus on anything but what time it is right now. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All I want to know is what time it is, and I can't because my watch keeps dying. Uh huh. That would be supremely annoying. I uh, I like a hex that makes people get stuck in elevators a lot. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. That one comes from direct experience. I've been stuck in. Did I ever tell you about when I got stuck in the elevator at Christmas time at the Mall of America? No. Oh my god, that was definitely a hex someone put on me. So I, I, well, just working out there was a hex, in fact. Uh-huh. Um, but I was out there for work, yeah, which made me uh, orient myself to the problem of being trapped in an elevator slightly differently than everyone else who was trapped in there with me, who were all there shopping. Uh-huh. It was very close to Christmas, so everybody was like, "High anxiety, get the shopping done." Do uh-huh. you think we'll know? They'll know that we only bought it two days ago, sort of thing. Yeah, and like everybody was in this elevator. It was one of the giant glass elevators in the rotunda of the Mall of America, which is this big open space, four stories tall. Oh, it's where yeah. they like have little displays and like events and things like that. Um, got in on the ground floor, was going back up to the second floor, mm-hmm. and was stuck in between floors. The elevator doors closed. Everybody was crammed in. Like, And because there were so many people at the mall, it was like, well, we're only going to be on this for one floor. So everybody just, just cram in, in yeah. more than you would under unrushed circumstances. Oh. So it was like asshole to asshole in there. Yeah. The elevator lurches upward, gets stuck. 
it stops. The people on the second story are irritated and looking down. The people on the main floor are like irritated and looking up. Now who's going to take the elevator if we're all stuck in it? How are we going to get up the stairs? There's an escalator right there. We're totally not taking that with all these heavy bags uh-huh. and a stroller. <laughs> right. So, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're stuck in there and like the alarm yeah. and everybody in the elevator goes into like soccer team crashed in the Andes on an airplane. Who are we eating first mode? (laughs) And I actually was like pissed about it. Yeah. Somebody was like freaking out. I mean, within seconds. Yes. People were like, ah, and somebody likes crying. And then people are like trying to pry the doors open, even though there's nothing but like a solid wall. Uh We're not going to get out. And I was like, I don't remember what I said, but I, in a loud, stern voice, I was like, no, no, it is too early to have that kind of an attitude about this situation. Everybody calm down and people like calm down a little bit. And then like a few minutes later, they got us all out of there. (laughs) But it was like, I was just pissed. I was like, we are not going into cannibal mode. Two seconds into this thing. (laughs) Way too fucking soon. Everybody calm down. Uh huh. And it worked. Like everybody was like, (gasps) oh. Oh right! Like, oh right! To me. Yeah, that's because good. if you sound angry and like you know what's going on yeah. at the same time, right? People are like, "Hmm, she seems to have a grip on this. I'm going to follow that lady." Yeah, yeah. Which was great because I was like, I am not going to sit in this elevator with 20 crying adults. Right. I I will I will crawl out of the roof grate. Uh huh. Before that happens, oh man, people trying to escape like stuck elevators die all the time. Uh huh. It's like super dangerous to be on an elevator outside of the box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stay Don't inside the box. It's designed to be that way. Stay in the box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I At that same mall, I got trapped in the elevator in the parking ramp once too. Uh, yeah. So that sounds like a good, a good hex. Kind of a harmless one, but a great... So there's like harmful hexes and then there's like poop hexes and then there's like gross inconvenience hexes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What would be the ritual to perform a hex about you know, cursing someone to be stuck in an elevator? Well, you, first of all, would have to um, create essentially like a voodoo doll version of an elevator panel with floors and then press all of the buttons at once. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, that's step one. Well, step yeah. one is build the, p- the panel. Yeah. Step two is press all of the buttons at once. Yep. Um, step three... Put that in a cauldron. Cauldron. Put Step that in a cauldron. 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 Put that in a cauldron and stir it around for a little while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just envisioning this like bone dry cauldron with this like electrical panel just like rattling around with someone with like a long paddle stick like stirring yes. it around. Like <laughs> the paddle stick was in my mind too. Yeah. We are thinking the same thing, yes. my friend. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Um, elevators always have that weird smell. Do you yes, know what I'm talking about? Do, like yeah. it smells like a mixture of like metal, like refrigerated metal and industrial lubricant. Yep, yep. And maybe like ointment or chicken noodle soup or something. Something weird. Something weird, yeah. So something weird, you're like, this is a smell that smells like something I'm familiar with, but the context is totally wrong, which makes it very creepy. So after you've pushed all the buttons and now you're stirring this electrical panel around in this cauldron, right. the dry cauldron, then you add chicken noodle soup and yep. industrial lubricant. Industrial lubricant and yep. just to make sure that everything short circuits appropriately, yes. you need to scrounge up some of that old 
like Christmas tree tinsel uh-huh. that they don't let you have anymore because it catches on fire and children eat it and oh, it poisons them. Yes, yes. Oh, was, was it was sure, it made of sure. zinc or something or it was like some kind of I forget what it was. I don't um, know, but it's fucking flammable as shit. Yeah, yes. Like not zinc. It was fire. um I should look. I'm going to yeah. look really quick. Anyway. Old tinsel. Yeah, it was like slightly poisonous and like really mm-hmm. flammable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You light your Christmas tree on fire. Do you remember those little bubblers that people used to have on the tree too? Yes. Yeah, those I were cool. Those. Yeah. I feel like those were They're like um, the little like candle like sort of Yeah, those things were pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. They were kind of um, lava lamp-ish, but they weren't. Oh. Yeah, they were very much like that, weren't they? Yeah. Except lava comes back down again. Yeah, they just kind of bubbled. They just had like a little vial of like liquid that bubbled. Um, mm. So here we go. Yeah. Tinsel, I was slightly incorrect. Do not use tinsel for the elevator hex. Tinsel is a type of decorative material that mimics the effect of ice, consisting of thin strips of sparkling material attached to a thread. Yeah. However, when it's in long narrow strips not attached to a thread which is what we're thinking of it's called lametta and emulates icicles which is a lie it looks like it doesn't look like icicles right right it looks like mercury melted all over your christmas tree (laughs) yes exactly modern tinsel this is hilarious Uh modern tinsel was invented in nuremberg germany oh and was originally made of shredded silver Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was made of extruded strands of silver around 1610 in Nuremberg. And because silver tarnishes, other metals were quickly substituted. Yeah. Uh, no, not quickly. By the 19th century, 300 years later, tinsel was used for adorning sculptures rather than Christmas trees. It was added to Christmas trees to enhance the flickering of candles on the tree, which is, of course, how everything burnt down to the ground at Christmas time and all your presents went away. Oh. So, speaking of toxic shit, this is great. Mm-hmm. So, those bubble lights that you were talking about, um, yes. they are this... So, if you're not familiar with them, they're essentially a... Kind of imagine like a wide like a wide thermometer filled with some kind of liquid. Um, right. They it, look kind of like a thermometer stuck in a Tupperware bowl, but tiny, yes. tiny tiny and then in that bowl is a little bulb so the liquid is almost always methylene chloride a solvent that is toxic and possibly carcinogenic (laughs) it's it's generally sealed in a glass vial or capsule to prevent its release if it is broken the area should be evacuated until the fumes have dissipated (laughs) holy shit yeah so tinsel that will poison you and start on fire on your tree with a bunch of chemicals that are also on your tree and are boiling because their boiling point is basically at room temperature yes yes so the bulb just raises it (laughs) just enough to give it a nice boiling so you're just boiling a liquid inside of the container um is our conception of christmas in america from like the 1900s to present actually a long-running hex itself uh maybe maybe yeah oh boy (laughs) it's just kind of absurd um so you put what is the chemical again methylene something methylene chloride 
chloride. Yeah. It's basically like poison gas. Yeah. So methylene chloride um, is. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So good. Uh, it's. <laughs> It's generally like the least toxic of the simple chlorohydrocarbons. Um, okay. But it still has serious health risks. Um, it's super, <laughs> it's super volatile and it's, and it can be pretty bad if you acutely inhale it, which means like if you went and like broke one of these bulbs and then took a good oh. hit of the vapor. Um, the worst part is like it can also be absorbed through the skin. Um, right. it's super irritating of the eyes and the upper respiratory tract. Um, it can cause suffocation, loss of consciousness, and coma, and death, obviously. Um, oh, so everybody within several feet of it, of a Christmas tree on fire with shattering bubblers yes, could yeah. potentially lose consciousness and die, yeah. only to be found later. Right. Um, it's So it can also, if you, acute inhalation can result in optic neuropathy, Oh my god! Yeah, um, it, that means you go blind. Yeah, it it can cause chemical burns. Um, there's some evidence that it's carcinogenic, uh, especially in res- like especially of the lungs, liver, and pancreas, which are you know. Oh my awful. god! Uh, let's see. Um, it can cause fetal toxicity in women who are exposed to it during pregnancy. Uh, right. It hasn't been proven, but there's some evidence to suggest that might be might be true. Uh, let's see. Um, it can cause so if you already have pre-existing heart problems, it can cause abnormal heart r- rhythms and or heart attacks. Uh, sometimes even without the symptoms of otherwise being overexposed, otherwise having overexposure. So like if you, so you don't. Can have- heart attack and die from it without knowing there was a problem yeah like without being like oh i'm having respiratory distress or i've been burned on my skin because of it it's just like oh i you know one of those things broke around me and now i'm dying of a heart attack and i don't know why um yeah so obviously if you're you know don't cite us go look at the wikipedia article and read the citations there and and you know digest that more i mean obviously i'm you need to protect yourself with knowledge. Yeah, protect yourself with knowledge. I'm skimming through a Wikipedia article giving these these insights right now. So, um, or these, you know, I'm not trying to sell them as factually factual. Like, there's real evidence. <laughs> there's real evidence. So, if this is a real concern of yours, go read that shit. Um, we are trying to sell you potato chips that will make your butt. <laughs> yeah, right. For sure, yes. that's part of this. Yeah. Um, we're not altruistic here. No, no, no. You would never. Don't ever accuse me of that. Um, <laughs> well, so what do you, uh, you know, with that in mind and how Christmas is a long running hex? I mean, it has all the hallmarks of it, like the ritualisticness of like putting a yeah. whole live tree in your house and lighting a lot of candles and surrounding yourself with carcinogenic chemicals and, you know, creating fire deep, hazards. Um, deep frying a turkey is a, a lot turkey. like putting something in a cauldron. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any tips for living well in hell? Not to get yourself you. a cauldron. Get yourself a cauldron. I like that. Um, yep. Yes. If if any of you have specific uh, needs for custom bespoke hexes, you can contact us and we will develop them for you free of charge. That's right, Meg. And where can they get a hold of us? Uh, they can email our executive assistant Dana at Dana 
at scvm.io or um I, where else? Uh, you can also get us. Uh, you can just go directly to the website oh, fcbm.io, right. and you'll find all of our contact information there, including a more general uh, mailbox. And I think we're also on Twitter. Yep. I I liked a tweet of FCBM's today from my other account. Oh yeah, we are on Twitter. That's at uh, fcbm underscore io. Whoa, there's a giant fly that is so large I thought it was a bumblebee and now Whoa. it's like uh, it's on the screen right in front of me. It's a hex! It's a hex. <laughs> Someone's hexed me with a fly. It's crawling all over. It's over the audacity thing. Oh, it was on your face. Now it's gone. It flew away. Okay. Now it's back. Oh my god, do you see it? It just flew I can't in front see of me. it on the camera. It's too it's too <laughs> fast. Like the frame rate's not picking it up. That fly is the biggest fly I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's fantastic. Clearly, it is a person who has come to be a fly on the wall, and they are the subject of a hex, or I am being hexed, and this person has transformed themselves in order to hex me uh-huh. and make me think they're just a fly. This is great. I don't know, but it's here. Someone's here. All right. Yes. Uh, get yourself a cauldron. Um contact us cauldron. if you want to uh if you want to get some handcrafted bespoke um hexes hexes we will, one of a we kind one of a kind uh, we will do the sigil and everything we will mail it to you yes and we'll you mail you a whole have kit. it yep and like it's gonna be great it's gonna be great you won't regret it at all you won't regret it at all okay <laughs> okay 